This is the business of sports. Should Major League Baseball shorten up the season? How do we present football to the audience of the future? I don't think that most players understand the power that they have. Michael Barr. The future of IndyCar racing is looking bright. Scott Soshnick. Very basic math here. More bidders means more money. Evan Novi williams The team value has essentially quadrupled. And the leaders in the sports industry. Time to bring in our guest, Hal Steinbrenner. National Hockey League Commissioner Gary Bettman. Atlanta Braves President Derek Schiller. Patriots President Jonathan Kraft. Bloomberg Business of Sports. From Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Scott Soshnick. Every week at this time, plus Mondays and Wednesdays, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Coming up on the program, we speak with Ben Sterner, founder and CEO of Leverage Agency about the rivalry on ice, Harvard-Yale hockey game at the world's most famous arena, MSG. And the ceremonial first puck drop thing going on that you, uh, folks, you got to stay for that. You got to you got to stay for this, folks, because it was a moment. Come stay for that and the whipping poops. I was I was frightened about a moment I thought was going to happen on the ice. Uh, but first, let's talk about the top stories of the week. Let's talk about some NFL ratings. They are on the rise for the second straight year with an exciting wild card in the books. What can we expect from the Wait end Evan, of the season? Evan and Bar. Weren't weren't we all concerned about the NFL ratings not too long yeah, ago? What, wasn't wasn't the NFL there a moment Nobody's like, watching oh my football. Goodness. Oh no. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, I mean, ratings have been great all year for the NFL, right? It's been a kind of a resurgent look. And as you said, Michael, last week's games, the first round of playoffs, uh, did pretty bonkers numbers, right? Up 7% from last year. I think they were the highest rated in four years, which given how much people are turning away from TV, uh, that's a pretty darn good number. Um, And, you know, matchups look pretty decent for this weekend as well. You know what? I'm willing to bet the number one watched moment in all the wild card games, and it happened in the Buffalo game, when my man gives up in the end zone and he tosses the ball to the referee and all of a sudden, was it was the Buffalo game? I, think I don't it was know. the Buffalo game. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking and, about. I didn't watch him. Well, anyway, what happens is that... <laughs> yeah, we did he, not contribute to the ratings. It's a, it's, a, it's a touchback and he's, and he's you know giving up the ball to the ref and the ref is like, oh, no, 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 this is a live ball. And all of a sudden, uh, Buffalo swoops in and it, the ref at first called it the touchdown. And then common sense prevailed, and then the other ref said, "No, no, 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 no." I have no idea what he's talking that, about. That, yeah. that, it's a touchback. I'm intrigued. Maybe Apparently I should have watched. You've got to, you got to see this. If you haven't seen it, you got to see this clip. Dare I say, Leon Ledesk? No, 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 no. The guy, no, no. This is the, the this is more like replacement ref esque. Oh, because the the guy gave himself up and he tossed the ball to the ref. And so we've had this many times happen in the NFL in the regular season. But Understood. the ref is saying, "Is like, oh, no, that's you a live go ball. you got to touch your knee. Well, yeah, it's, that's what they're saying. But the, he did the act of giving himself up. Got it. Anyway, okay. back, to, back to the ratings part, <laughs> because I'm sure people watch that. Yeah, we're, we're, at the, we're in the new year, obviously. Give me so some can, matchups. What do we got? Yeah, so uh, Seattle-Green Bay is the Sunday night primetime game. you got to put right? that at that, night. That's going to be a good one. I'll, Russell you, Wilson, you said Russell bonkers, R- I'll go Bafo. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the one thing we, we are kind of testing, I think, this week is kind of this new crop of NFL stars, right? Tom Brady out. Drew Brees out. We still have, as I said, Russell Wilson and, and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think we're testing them. They're bona fide shots. People want to see Mahomes. Sure, they yeah, want to Pat see Lamar Mahomes, Jackson. Lamar yep. Jackson. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, in, in some ways, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think yeah. you can kind oh, of yeah. put on the that San list. The San Francisco-Minnesota well. game is going to be a great game on Saturday. I that's the Saturday, early Saturday early game, Saturday right? Which is theoretically, game. I think, the worst the worst slot from a TV standpoint. Right. So, you know, now, we'll see how this shakes out. Fran Tarkenton's not playing, right? 
<laughs> Randy no. Moss not playing. No, no. and uh, Alan Page not playing. <laughs> Alan Page is not in there. Play. Jim I, Marshall is in there. I cannot there. name two Minnesota Vikings. Oh, sure you can. Adam Has, Thielen. Who? Adam Thielen. No idea. That's who that one. Is. No idea who that. Well, you're telling me that's the one. I have no idea who that is. Cook. No idea. Who's the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Cousin, Kirk Cousins. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Oh yeah, he, last year he did something good with them. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I would not have done that. Yeah. Nope. No idea. <laughs> anyway, let's move right along. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl ads. Uh, let's. As we know, they are all sold out. They sold out early. Yes, they did, and uh, it's it's not cheap. What is it? Five point something million dollars for thirty seconds. Depending on it, there's a bulk discount. You know, if you want to buy a bulk yeah. number of ads, you can probably get it under five mil per thirty seconds. If you know, like, however, and we do know a couple of folks who are buying more than one thirty second slot, and one has his name on the napkins here, Mike Bloomberg. The other, the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Question I have for you, Eben, and they're both looks like buying sixty second. Ads. The Double question C. I have for you, in future contracts, would you prefer to be the network that has the Super Bowl mm. in an election year? Mm. Is there more value now when you're doing contracts? Which, by these the way, is on Fox this year. It's on Fox this year. That's just by happenstance. I mean, they rotate. Right. But when I'm negotiating, they nego- say, no, 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 I want it in the election year because is this the new thing? That you can sell, because we haven't seen this before. Yeah, so... You can sell political ads. My gut says no, right? I mean, Fox sold out... says no when I have an idea. Fox sold out these ads. I think whether or not Mike Bloomberg and Donald Trump are buying ads, I think they still sell out, right? I don't think that there's so much demand there. Also, I mean, it's kind of rare to have billionaires running for president, right? I mean, this is, I think, the reason why, you know, we got to 2020 before we had campaigns buying political national ads on the Super Bowl is that they're incredibly expensive and not yeah, everyone they can afford do it, raise, right? Yeah, but they do. These, these sure. campaigns so, do have, usually yeah, have so lots I, of money for ads. So I right. think the second part of my point is that I, I'm not convinced that in the future campaigns are going to have all this money to okay. dedicate $10 million to a 60-second spot. But but as you said, you know, first time, I think, ever that national political, national presidential political ads are going to be airing at the Super Bowl. And the timing, I mean, makes sense, right? The, the Super Bowl is a day before the Iowa caucus. And then that Tuesday, so the day after the Iowa caucus, Trump's State of the Union is supposed to happen, right? So it's a, it's a pretty I it's a pretty hot political time as yes, well. Yes, I'm very interested. I want to know what's the behind-the-scene negotiation because what's the ideal time? And I don't mm. know the answer to this. For sure. But what is the ideal moment? Most people watching, whatever it is, like, I don't want to follow like a rental car kangaroo ad. Like, what's coming on before me? What's coming after me? Do I want to come right, like right back to the action because I want people talking about my ad? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the exact moment you want that message being delivered? You to probably really want to be the, the first one out of the out of the break. You know, when like, you come or, back, or you come before you come back, because that way, like you said, it's like now they're talking about you know. Uh, yeah, X, I don't y, know Z the answer, ad. but it's an interesting discussion. Do I want another ad behind? Wait, like where everyone's like, whoa, 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 I want to see this one. Or do you want game action? Or I, I don't know the answer, but I'm just curious. There's somebody's out there going. Yeah. This is from a psychological perspective. This is the precise moment we want. I would also think that you know because we see this a lot every every year. A lot of Super Bowl ads take on their second life 
online, right? Either via well, social media, via yeah, YouTube. A lot of them yeah. even come out earlier, right? Yeah. So I don't think there's as much, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't think there's as much kind of jockeying about, do I want second quarter when viewership is technically the highest? Do I want fourth quarter just in case it's a great game and, and suddenly everything is spiking? Um, just because I think, it, yeah, they, they live on before and after the game in, in social media. F- how about the first commercial going into overtime? Great. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's when the Bloomberg yeah. Business well, of Sports ad is going to air. Yeah, right. I forgot. We forgot we, we picked that one up. There, right? So what we need is overtime. Uh, of course, I should mention Michael Bloomberg is the founder and majority owner of Bloomberg LP, the parent of Bloomberg Radio. Let's talk about baseball, where the We're MLB says we'll investigate allegations. You always put the the before the MLB. The, I, that sounds foreign to me. It, it, it's the MLB. Why or do you I could say, say the? the? Why? It's, no, the question isn't about the. Vo- I know. The, I know. He's reading I know the script. In fairness, he's reading the script. Yeah, but he does. No, he does it all the time anyway. <laughs> like you would say, the NBA, the NFL. But I think the ML- pot. I think MLB <laughs> stands on its own. Major well, League Baseball. Well, that's true. Well, that's true. You would say you wouldn't say the Major League Baseball. But that's what you're saying. The well, MLB. That's true. But that's in the script, which shouldn't be. Right, right. All right. So this is the content now, our listeners come right, for. So, yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. Grammar and punctuation matter. I'm <laughs> curious. <laughs> On the Facebook. They will investigate allegations that the Red Sox <laughs> illegally used video replay to steal signs during the 2018 World Series championship season. Haven't we visited this before? Yeah, we're going to go back, though. I I think people will like this because you just made my point making your statement. Who's the dude who founded Napster? Uh, Sean Parker. Yeah, whatever. You know, he was the one who told Zuckerberg, because Facebook originally was the Facebook. Right. And he told, that was the guy who told Zuckerberg, drop the the. Right. So, I mean, it does matter. Like, I don't know. Would Facebook be as popular if it, today if it was the Facebook? There's a real. I, I like fa- Facebook. I bet works. you it still would. I, I mean, think Facebook of how many works. movies start with the The Shining. You know, think oh, think about all think this. About what? No, think about the all natural. The, the Ohio the State natural. University. The Ohio State University. <laughs> no, think about market. all the movies that start with the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we. All right, now I want to talk about the Red Sox. Great. Yeah, let's talk about the Red Sox. Let's talk about the Red Sox here. Yeah, so the Red Sox (laughs) using video in kind of the same manner, a little bit different, but but essentially the same thing that the the Houston Astros were accused of. Kind of ironic that both these teams won the World Series and beat the Dodgers. That's right. They won. (laughs) Poor Dodgers. Dodgers. Um, But I mean, this kind of broadens, I think, the problem. And we talked about this on the show before. The problem that that Major League Baseball has right now is that you know there's there's sign stealing that is illegal, right? Which is the kind that doesn't use replay and technology they're sign stealing that baseball wants to draw a line and say is it is illegal but as technology gets better and better those things just kind of start to meld i think baseball's in a in a tough position here where in my in my opinion like you outlaw you want, it or you don't you want everything you want a free free give, fair I'm, game i everything. think i think you say fair game and because we have ways of making these signs un, unviewable right like you can you can put a microphone in the catcher's mask and put a, a chip in the in the pitcher's ear, right? Football has been doing that for for years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if I want that. that either. You can also put it up to the the, the catcher to you change your signs enough so that stealing doesn't. Have, there there's ways that you can obfuscate this, right? And baseball has chosen not to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're in this position now. Where and I think it's more. I think we would all agree it's probably more than just these two teams. Sure. Are using. This technology, in a way, every team. It might even it might even be every team uh, are using are are bending the rules because the rules are so are so gray. Well, well, keep in mind because all this. First of all, the signs that are given in baseball way before there were television cameras, 
only the pitcher and the catcher could relay what they were doing. Then here comes television, and uh, then we got HD, and now it's become a problem, obviously, because you know you have all the high tech stuff. So you have an outdated way, system. But how funny is it? We talk about all the high tech stuff, and you know what catchers, you know, a lot of catchers do, so that help the pitchers see. Nail, nail polish, polish. tape yeah. on their knuckles, <laughs> all the high-tech stuff we're dealing with, nail polish and tape. But yeah, I, mean, I, love, I love But, yeah. you know, with this guy on second base, you have to alter your, your sides. Exactly. It's, it's just that yeah, they there's, they've made adjustments yeah. for some parts of this. I mean, certainly I would I would imagine guys on second base are much savvier about signs now than they were if I'm leaning 30 to the left, years ago. It's a fastball. If I'm leaning to the right. Yeah, which is yeah. what the Red Sox were doing, right? They had, they had runners on base who were, like, using, you know, but subtle that, movements to tip off batters. It's like the little things of baseball that, that I think separated from some of the other sports. But how great is it, you know, like when there's a guy on first, who's going to cover? You know, the second baseman or the shortstop covers his mouth with the glove and like open mouth means you, closed mouth means me. <laughs> I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and baseball but still uses the, the codes, the third base coach, yeah. right? Rubbing yeah. the hat on the shoulder. You're rubbing there's the a, there's hat a tip and the chest and, the, and yeah, all yeah. the other stuff. Yeah. Pulling on the ear. Sure, which is great. And I think that baseball can, if, base, if Major League Baseball told teams... <laughs> You're allowed to do, you're allowed to use technology cameras, whatever. Whatever you want to do. You have to yeah. adjust the way that you're delivering signs. I almost guarantee you that teams could figure out a way for catcher and pitcher to talk that would not be as interpretable as the way they do it now. I'm sorry. I started laughing when you said pull on the ears. Like, okay, we're running the Carol Burnett. I'm sorry. That popped in my head. Man. <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. The Carol Burnett. The Carol Burnett. Oh! <laughs> Oh my! I think Harvey Corman and Tim Conway would do an unbelievably good skit on this. They would. They would. That this would be good. Dorf on baseball. That's what we missed. <laughs> Dorf on baseball. Now let's get to this week's interview with Ben Sterner, founder and CEO of Leverage Agency. Hey, it's great to be on. I know it's a busy week for you. Starting off right now, you're on the phone from Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. What's the craziest thing you've seen out there? Well, I've seen a lot of crazy things. You know, I saw... We're just saw talking the, electronics, Ben. I saw Amazon's <laughs> new car that they're launching, and it's wild and crazy. And, um, you know, there's some wild and crazy stuff here in Consumer Electronics Show. Um, it's all the most innovative stuff that's launching, and it's cool to be out here. I love seeing new brands. I love seeing new innovations, and it's just great to be here in Las Vegas. So you're flying home from Las Vegas back East Coast. You've got a big event this weekend, This weekend, Saturday at Madison Square Garden. You are organizing, putting together the Rivalry on Ice, the college hockey game between Yale and Harvard. It's an event you've done before. I think back in 2014 was the first one. There was another one a couple years later. Why is this one coming back this year? It's coming back because the rivalry is so big. You know, Yale versus Harvard, Harvard-Yale, every time he, these two schools get together, it's a it's a very historic rivalry and a fierce rivalry on and off the field. You know, very competitive schools. Um, and I think it's very interesting to have in New York City because, you know, it's the financial capital of the world. You know, a lot of people in um, Harvard and Yale graduates are finance people and um, some of the biggest in the world. And we're having the president of Harvard and the president of Yale drop the puck. This is the first time ever they've done that. And so that's exciting for us, too. Uh, my son is a youth hockey player. He plays for the Mid-Fairfield Junior Rangers. Uh, one of his coach, yeah, one of his coaches on a on the brick team was Jeff Hamilton. I don't know if he's still Yale's all time yeah, leading scorer. Yale, yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I was with Daryl Jones last night at practice. He's excited to play in the game at Chelsea Piers. Uh, question for you: I love the idea of getting these two together 
But the first thing I would say if I'm going to take on an owned and operated event like this is, how in God's name am I going to make money? Can you walk me through from start to finish? How do you make money on this thing? Right. You know, you have to go into an event wanting to make money. So, you know, to do an event, you can bring in Michigan versus Cornell, right? And so, or any other team in hockey. But Harvard and Yale has such a great demographic. I look for things that have a really incredible demographics, and demographics are off the charts from a, you know, household income, you know, affluent space. So we look at that and say, hey, this is a great rivalry. We're going to get a lot of people there, but we're also going to get good sponsors. And we brought in UBS as um, the official wealth management sponsor. So that's pretty exciting. Um, that's a new sponsor for us this year. Um, Turkish Airlines, which is flies to more air, um, more places than any other airline um, in the world, they are coming back again for the fourth year as a sponsor. And um, you know they love it because they love the business traveler and the um, association is great too. So sponsorship's very important. You know we have to rent the building, so it's not an easy task. So we have so you take to take on that sure cost yourself. Sell tickets. And if we don't sell tickets, we're, we're going to lose money. And this is, you know, I've done a lot of the other events, too. We brought cricket to America. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. But we rented out City Field. I rented out Dodger Stadium. I rented out the Houston Astros ballpark in Minimum Field. And, you know, it's a lot of risk. And your stomach has to be, you know, ready to take on that risk. But it's a calculated risk. And that makes you really hungry to promote. And so we're going all out. We're passing out flyers. We have a TV show, a uh, preview show for the game. We are very Where do I see that? You have, a, you have a preview show. Where do I see that? Yeah, so the preview show was just on MSG. It's airing eight times leading into the okay. game. So I had um, Harry Chickma Productions, who's at NBC, Sports anchor as well. He hosted and produced the preview show, and so it's just about the game, it's about the rivalry, it's about the everything that happens on and off the field, and so um, you know, we wanted to create excitement. So we're doing everything possible to get people excited about it, and so it's much more than a game; it's an event. We have the Harvard acapella band performing the national anthem. We are having an alumni game. Wait a minute. You tell, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Ben, 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 Ben. This is a first class event. Harvard and Yale. You tell, I hear acapella. Eben, what do you think when you hear acapella? I assume you're going whiff and poofs. The whiff and poofs, right? Are they not available? They cost too the much money. Who? We had the whiff and poofs before. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the who? Wait, you really don't know the whiff and poofs? No. I, oh I wasn't in the show back in the early 70s. Oh, you're killing me, Bob. Along with HR Puff and you're, stuff. What, what is this? I've never heard of me. it. It's an acapella group. I've, I've Yale never heard of it. Yale it's a pretty famous group. Maybe, maybe yeah. the most famous in, I, in the country. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm, Not I'm a knock to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I, I have to ask something, Ben. It's like, I want to make sure I heard it right. Did you say the presidents of Yale and Harvard will drop the puck on the game? Yes, the, it, President as in Cal and President Salve. We as, just met with President Salve too. As in the game is going to start when they drop the puck. No ceremonial no. bar. No, <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted yes. to make sure. Oh my lord! So adi- because that's, that's scary, know, man. In addition to the presidents dropping the pucks, we also have two very famous hockey players, both who have affiliations from both schools. Um, Mike Richter from Yale. Um, as we dropping the puck as well as Dominic Moore. Um, you know who former went Ranger? to Harvard and was a former Ranger. Yes. Yeah, by the way, Ben, if so, I'm, we have a glass studio here, I don't. You probably do not know this, but at any mm-hmm. moment, Mike's brother Joe Richter, who works at Bloomberg, could be going by. 
So, you know, we, like, we so keep the funny. Richters in the family, by the way. He, he's we have right an all-day media day with the Richters tomorrow. Ah, great. Well, we're chatting with Ben Sterner, CEO of Leverage Agency. Uh, own and operate an event, putting on Rivalry on Ice, Madison Square Garden, Harvard versus Yale. Ben, the question I have for you, and you, you just said it before, like you had to rent out Madison Square Garden. Yes. This is not exactly like, you know, your kid's birthday party, I'm taking the fun zone over. What what does it cost to rent out oh. Madison Square Garden? You're n- you're not taking over soccer lane. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. This is, that's exactly. You're not. You're not inviting the kids to the birthday party. Tumble gym, tumble jungle. You know those ones, right? So, this is, you know, this is a heavy six figure rent rental, right? So this is the world's most expensive rental. Not only you're in the world's most famous arena, but you're in the world's most expensive rental. But coming with that, you have the prestige of going to the garden, right? This is not like we're going to, you know, when. You know, Nassau Coliseum. I don't want to say anything too negative, but you go into Madison Square Garden. And so we, you know, ticket prices a little bit more premium. The experience is amazing. And the garden does an incredible job, first class, at helping us with every aspect, from Larry Torres on the PR side to Sal and, and Bill on the operations side and Joel Fisher heads it up. They are incredible. They're an incredible team. They do a first-class operation, but it's not cheap. So you have to consider that, right? You have insurance. You have marketing expenses. You have your team working on it you know, throughout the year. So it's an expensive proposition, but it's also, you know, something that could, you know, do well. I mean, we're doing it, this is our fourth time doing Rivalry Nice, and we want to be doing it if we're losing money. What did you learn kind of from the from the earlier iterations of this that, that you were like, you know, we, we need to do this differently or better in, in the 2020 version? Don't book North Dakota versus Quinnipiac. <laughs> well, you know what? Quinnipiac, we did Quinnipiac for I, My, my and, son skated in between periods of Quinnipiac and Harvard. Navy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Those are probably and good drugs. Quinnipiac has a huge following, right? Yeah. So something I learned is that, you know, schools you know, have a rabid fan base, they want to come and do something special, right? And so you have to create something in a little bit more of a special environment, you know, more than a game. It has to be an event and, and have, you know, lots of different uh, things going on. And one of the things we're doing for this game, which is different from any other game, is we're actually bringing in um, hockey players um, who played in the past, like Mike Richter, um, uh, Mateo, um, the Ferrero brothers, um, um, Slav um, Fetisov, and they're going to be playing during intermission. I don't nice. know if you know about this, but this is for climate change, too, and, and the United Nations is behind it. It's called The Last Game, and this is <laughs> this might be the last game some of these guys ever play in Madison Square Garden, and they're coming back. Wait, hold on. Evan, and, wait, 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 Ben. Uh, again, I have, let me jump in here. You just mentioned climate change. Wasn't there a little disturbance at the Harvard-Yale football game? At halftime, where where protesters delayed the game, uh, I would think a little more difficult at something like this. But are you prepared for for such a thing? Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because this is more of a proactive thing, which we're highlighting climate change. Okay, and um, you know these are NHL superstars. It's fun. It's uh, you know, and it's an important topic, and we're getting out in front of it. And uh, they do these last games in many places. They're doing it actually. The last one's going to be at the North Pole, the Himalayas. They've done it in Finland. They're doing it in, in, um, at Monaco. So it should be a fun, 
thing, and I think, uh, you know, climate change is an important topic, and even though that happened at the um, football game, this is something, you know, with hockey, I think, you know, with cold and, and everything that's happening with climate change, it's an important topic. And Mike Richter is very much behind it as, you know, heading up a big environment company himself. When was the last time Mike Richter put on pads at the Garden? You know, I asked him that. 1984. Yeah, he goes, been a, he goes, oh, 94, it's been a sorry. While. It's been a while, he said. Yeah, it's so, He's excited about it. Mike Richter has been an amazing ambassador for us, and um, you know he really believes in what we're doing here for the um, promoting the last game and the United Nations being behind it and um, Fatisov and Mateo and like we have a you know a good group of people. So you get a you get a Harvard team that's that's top twenty five, which I imagine is is great yeah. for you. The Harvard basketball team also pretty good. Have you thought about considered or even talked about maybe trying to do basketball and hockey together in kind of one big weekend? They extravaganza? do that at Quinnipiac. The way the Quinnipiac facilities are set up, the basketball court is right across the way from the hockey arena, and it's timed so that when the period ends, you can go and watch basketball both sides. I mean, that's pretty interesting. So I love that idea, right? And um, I think it's a good one to have basketball and, and hockey together, and it's something we'd like to explore. But going back to the business of this, you know, you have to change the you have to change the uh, the ice from basketball, and you have to have another rental. It gets a little bit complicated. Um, the last time we did rivalry in ice, we had Quinnipiac, Harvard, and then followed by the classic Army Navy. And um, I felt rivalries are very important. You know, Army Navy is too. And I think having basketball would be a fun um, dimension. And, and even bringing alumni together for like an Olympics between Harvard and Yale, mm. and, you know, going at Chelsea Piers, as you guys know, a very famous Chelsea Piers alum. Um, a famous uh, Yale alum is the head of Chelsea Piers, Roland Betts. Yep. And maybe he'll be up for something like that, you know, almost like an Ivy League Olympics. And we do that the same day. It's a lot of fun ideas to do, but you don't want to overwhelm yourself. you got to stay focused. We're talking with Ben Sterner, CEO and founder of Leverage Agency. And you mentioned at the beginning that you are at the uh, CES in Las Vegas. How does Leverage Agency work it when you're at the CBS? What? How are you pushing yourself? So one of our biggest clients is uh, Tottenham Hotspur. And I don't know if you're familiar with the team, but it's an English Premier League team, one of the best in the world, um, finalist last year in Champions League. Seems to me you like brands. It seems to me you like brands, Ben. You like big brands. (laughs) Yes, the bigger the better, if we can, right? But So I'm here with Tottenham, and we are talking to a lot of the global brands here for the new stadium naming rights. And we are the agency record for them for that. And they have the NFL there. They have rugby. They have music concerts. They have EPL and Champions League. So it's a massive um, stadium um, in London with uh, 63,000 seats, but it's very innovative. Technology is incredible, 5G, and um, we're looking for a partner of that. Will you know, that similar to like MetLife Stadium, that's what we're doing in London. Will that be the most expensive stadium naming rights that, that we've ever seen? It could be. It could be. I mean, hope so. probably the most valuable. Hey, Ben, can you give me the elevator pitch? I know I know. I want to kind of stick to Harvard-Yale at Madison Square Garden, but can you give me the elevator pitch for how a brand can leverage the rights, uh, the stadium naming rights for a brand like Tottenham? Obviously, a worldwide uh, brand, big in Asia, but if what do you say to them? This is what you get for your money with this deal. Well, not only are you getting soccer, you're getting NFL football, and they're going to be there for 10 years, and you're getting rugby, and you're getting music, and you can really co-create something with us. 
You know, we're talking to brands about creating a music festival there. We're talking to brands about having some fun with the name of their brand compared to Tottenham. There's so many things we can do on a global level, and then tying in the team itself and um, just having some fun. I think that's what Tottenham is about with this. And, um, you know, from a technology showcase for technology brands, it's really important, and that's one of the reasons we're here. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm... at CES, and I'm on my phone all day working Harvard, Yale, um, with my team in New York City. So how, I'm headed back tonight on a red eye. How many <laughs> other sports teams are kind of on the ground, have a, have a big presence there? Oh, there's a few. It's funny. I saw Liverpool here, but um, I think a lot of sports teams come out here because this is where technology companies are coming, and, you know, technology companies have big budgets for innovation, right? So, you know, when you're thinking about product launches or other things like that, um, they're there. And, you know, we met with Pepsi yesterday and Todd Kaplan, who runs marketing for Pepsi brand, and Raja Rajmanar from MasterCard. So it's not just technology companies. These are big consumer brands that need to be here at the show to kind of see what the next big thing is and, and other things around that. Hey, Ben, how involved is Wall Street in the hockey game in Madison Square Garden? I, you would think there'd be quite a few alum uh, from those two institutions who uh, perhaps would like a night out at MSG. We love to get as many Wall Street people as possible. Um, you mentioned Daryl Jones, and he's been a great friend to this game. You know, I love it when we have someone as enthusiastic as he is. Well, he and Keith know, McCullough was the founder Yale of Hedgeye. Yeah, they're at Hedgeye. Keith McCullough was the founder there, Yale guys. Both Yale hockey guys, yep. yeah. Yeah, they, they love it. He actually, Daryl Jones bought the entire company tickets for the game. Oh. And, you know, Wait a minute, he didn't tell me there were tickets available last I was hanging with Daryl, who coaches my kid, <laughs> and he doesn't tell me that there are tickets available? Tickets. I'm, gonna, I'm yes. emailing him as soon as we get off the air here, pal. That's it. And Jeff <laughs> Hamilton put a big email out to the whole Rangers database. I don't know if you got that. I'm sure so, I did. So but look, here's, a little joke. here's a little joke. I disregard a lot of the hockey emails I get. <laughs> don't tell Jeff. Oh. Don't tell Coach. Sure. <laughs> One of the things I would like to do, and maybe we can do in conjunction with Bloomberg next time, is create a form a financial form, right? You have someone like Steve Schwartzman or you have someone like, you know, Bill Ackman who went to Harvard and you have different, you know, incredible financial, um, you know, powerhouses. And maybe we can create something and bring the presidents of Harvard and Yale together and have a conference beforehand. And I think that's very important and it's something I'd like to do in the next game. Um, But, you know, just something to think about with all the you know, heavy hitters and the financial side. I do not speak for this institution, but I would say, Ben, that there is a good chance that we could make that happen, bringing in the presidents of Harvard and Yale prior to any such thing. I'm saying we could probably assist making that happen. I see that. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Yeah. 2021. We're there. There we go. Just make we got to get Harvard yeah, and Yale back. That's all. Evan? No, I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a good idea. And, and you mentioned Ben earlier. The, the, there's a, a big alumni game that happens at Chelsea Pier. You said Roland Betts, former uh, Texas Rangers owner, owned it with with George Bush. You know, he's uh, the founder of Chelsea Pier, also a Yale guy. What is that environment like there? I mean, and, and how does that kind of translate into you know you helping generate buzz for for the big game, the night game at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, well, the alumni are the most important, right? So, you know, they have a huge alumni base from, you know, 80s, I think a couple guys from the 70s, and, you know, 90s and 2000s who are going to be playing in the game. Some national championship winners in there, right? 2013. That was our first year, and it was such a great feeling when, you know, won. You know, we had a a national champion to play against Harvard. Um, 
so I, the alumni game is very important for them to come back and you know relive that rivalry themselves. And getting to play at Chelsea Piers and, and on a Saturday morning is not easy. You know, giving up that ring time from all the junior programs, as you guys know. And Roland Best is a wonderful host, and we're hosting a, a lunch there. And then we have a party um, at the Versa at the Renaissance uh, leading up to the game. Bruce Beck um, from NBC, who you guys know, will be interviewing. Bruce as a is chalk everywhere. Talk with Bruce is unbelievable. He's everywhere. He is, and he's a great guy, too, and a great host. All right, we're chatting um, with Ben Sterner, CEO of Leverage Agency. Ben, what's your budget on this thing? Two dollars. Two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I said I can do this. And some S and H green Listen, stamps. We though. have we have money to spend on marketing, and we have you know you have to spend money to make money like anything, but you have to be smart about it. And so we're not targeting you know Quinnipiac fans for this, right? So it's a very you know targeted demographic. And you know one of the things I learned from the first game, you know, I took a lot of ads out in like the New York Post, and, and I did a lot of out of home and things like that. And I, I looked in the crowd, and you know, eighty-five percent are Harvard and Yale fans and alums. So you just have to really, really target and and um, you know work with the schools and work with the Harvard club and work with the Yale club and. You know, you're going to get a lot of other fans, too, but, you know, you just have to really, you know, target your marketing. You said you need to sell tickets to make money. How many have you sold, and what do you need to break even? Yeah, I mean, we are close to breaking even. Um, you know, we've sold 15000 the first year. Um, That's a sellout, 15000 the second year, and, and, you know, this year we're on pace to hopefully hit 10000 and, and and from a a, a, a a TV standpoint, broadcast this game is available on ESPN Plus. Is that right? Are they are they yeah. paying for that? Is that kind of an in kind service? How does that how does that work out? Yeah, I mean they're not paying for it, but they're paying for production. So mm-hmm. production of a of a game. Um, you know, if you're doing it yourself, it's very expensive, as you guys probably know. Sure. It's a six figure budget, so they're paying for that, and they're getting the airtime. And That's I'm sure your sponsors would like. I'm sure your sponsors like the fact that obviously they reach a, a breath of an audience with that. Yeah, and the last two times we've had it, we've, we were live on NBC Sports. Hmm. It's a similar deal with that too. Got it. I'd like to ask something. But it's very important to have you know, you know, to have the national media and. Getting uh, getting a broadcaster like ESPN is wonderful, so we're very excited. I like to ask something that you had mentioned earlier about sometimes you have to have the stomach to continue on with this, and you bring back the basic principle of being any entrepreneur that you have to have the let's call it the intestinal fortitude to to continue on uh, with a venture. This is not going to fail, but there's always something in the back of your mind saying. What if something happens? Can can you expand on that about the the thought process? Hundred percent. So I've been an entrepreneur for you know almost twenty years now, and so started working out of my apartment, and you know hustling and making phone calls, and, and made it to Madison Avenue. But every single day I wake up with urgency that there's not going to be anybody there. I went to the Harvard Yale game with my team. I have a you know a large team. We all went together, but I'm personally passing out flyers from nine in the morning. Till you know, dark as you guys remember, with the uh, protest, it took a while for the game to finish up. You know, until about seven. You know, you have to really have the stomach for it, but you have to make sure that you personally put in the effort and um, and do this because you know you could you could lose your shirt and um, you have to take some time calculated risks. But you know, if you if you're doing it in the right way and you're putting in the effort and 
and you're doing things that like you know your back's against the wall that's when you usually have the best results with anybody you, know, you can't be scared you just have to go after it over and over again i'd be scared i know me uh ben sterner ceo and founder of leverage agency thank you so much for talking with us good luck uh and uh, make it a great game so we haven't told anybody where you can get tickets. Wait a minute. Yes, that's right. You we can't, you can't get them from Daryl Jones. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> time that business and everything else. So go to msg.com. Go to rivalryonice.com. We have a dedicated website for it. Rivalryonice.com, msg.com. Get your tickets now before they sell out. It's going to be a great event. And it's not just a game. It's an event. And Bar, if you want to rent out MSG for your kid's bar mitzvah, <laughs> this is the guy you can talk to about all the ins and outs. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, the catering, <laughs> everything around it. You know, it's not just renting it out. There's a lot of additional costs. It's a union shop too. I know it. Heard it's, guys. The best, it's the best arena in the world. World class, first class. And uh, there's no better place to have an event than the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. I'm gonna I'm gonna translate for you, Ben. That don't come cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come cheap. Doesn't. Now I'm gonna wrap it up. Ben Sterner, CEO and founder of Leverage Agency. Good luck. Uh, this is gonna be a great event, uh, and uh, rooting for you all the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. We hope to see you guys there on Saturday. Thank you so much to Ben Sterner, founder and CEO of Leverage Agency. Well, first of all, I've learned that, my goodness, the, the presidents of Yale and Harvard will not be on the ice no. well, when the game the starts. That scared me, man. It's like, wait a minute. They got to scoot out of the way, man. It can get real violent it, fast. It, in all fairness, right, full disclosure, Eben brought this to his girlfriend. And she sided with you, Bar, saying, well, that makes sense, whatever, until Eben then pointed out, wait a minute, if this was baseball, <laughs> did you think the ceremonial first pitch starts the game? Like you're pitching. Well, I, he didn't say, I didn't hear the word ceremonial. No, well, he didn't say, you just. That's that's you, the part oh, that threw me. You needed the ceremonial to yes, know the presidents I, of the two I, universities were ceremonial. I need, I'm a Got horse it. that needs to be led to water, man. <laughs> no, no, no. That, what you're saying is you need to be led to the water. I need to bend you backwards, put the tube down your throat, and start pouring the water. There's two different things. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, oh, what I took away from this guy is there's no guarantee here. You know, he's taking risks and um, he's renting out Madison Square Garden. What do you say? High six figure, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So high six figures. Got a, So sponsorship and tickets. You know, this is all about selling. You better sell, sell, sell. And he said he's about break even, so he'll do okay. But this is not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I two takeaways. One, um, two. I didn't know that Turkish Airways flew to more countries yeah, Turkish, than any other airlines. Turkish Airways. Wow, uh, so props to Ben for for shouting yeah. out the sponsor there. Uh, and and more seriously, I mean, I think you're right, Scott. I think most people, when you see Harvard and Yale playing hockey at Madison Square Garden, you probably assume that Easy. like the universities are doing yeah, right. it, and, and you know maybe there's a relationship there. No, this is a this is an event company that is that is taking on the risk, as you said. Um, you know, having to do everything from renting the arena to figuring out what concessions looks like and catering, right, and what VIP looks like and Getting people there. He's at the football game a couple months ago, handing out flyers, flyers until it gets dark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that that's the truth of how events like this uh, go on. So so when you step below, you know, NFL games or Major League Baseball games or NBA games, which we talk about a lot, this kind of second tier of big sporting events, that's kind of the the the, the cogs that, that that make the whole thing happen. It's all about brands. I mean, the guy like this, he's looking at big brands, and it goes back. To the John Skipper, and I always bring it back, give me the eyeballs, I'll figure out how to monetize, right?
That's well, right. that's what he's doing. He's figuring out how to monetize. My goal is to be the number one pick. That's something I've been dreaming of since a kid. It feels better to be number one than number five. I wear the number because of Mike. We have a chance to go for three in a row. Good numbers at a good time. When I first started wearing that number, I was just happy and proud. Bloomberg Business of Sports, the number of the week. Time now for the number of the week. 25 million. You didn't go million. with the one I gave you? I didn't, I didn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this that. one's a dollar figure. Right. At least. Well, I had suggested <laughs> I had suggested four for the number of decades that Vince Carter has been in the NBA. Now S- Scott's going to give you his number of the week anyway. <laughs> I think people will find that in- it was an interesting nugget. Vince yeah. Carter is the only player in the history of the league to have played in four decades. No, I I do. Now I, what was yours? Gordy Howe, unimpressed. Yeah. <laughs> NHL. <laughs> NHL. <laughs> you think Bar- you think Bar knows what a Gordy Howe hat trick is? I don't know. Bar, you know what a Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah, you know what a Gordy Howe. This sounds is? like a gag. What? No, no, no. It's true. <laughs> Player in a game gets a goal and an assist in a fight. That's a Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> the learning never ends here. Oh, well, the old Olympia fans, y'all know what I'm talking about. Back that's, in Detroit. That's the Zampia. That's yeah. the Zamboni. Uh, twenty-five million. Twenty-five. Mm, twenty-five million. million. Who did what for twenty-five? And I'll give you a hint. He always it involves hints. somebody that's going to be uh, an important player this weekend. As we yes. know, it's not better not be a Minnesota Viking because we know my. Uh, no, twenty-five million. No, weekend. but oh, Jimmy, that's Jimmy Garoppolo's endorsement right deal from Gatorade. Forty um, Niners and twenty-five million. How many Forty Niners can name, name after Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, Montana I, to he, Rice. This player to used to play for the Seattle Seahawks. No idea. What it's his net worth. Marshawn Lynch. His so net worth is twenty-five net million. Worth? His net worth is right, estimated to be twenty-five million. Richard Sherman. Okay. Uh, we we had Richard Sherman on the show, former guest on the show. Yeah, Richard we Sherman. We love Richard Sherman. $25 million. Stanford's Richard Sherman. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, He I, must be excited about this weekend. Oh, I, yeah. would, I would imagine. Yeah. I get the feeling that brand is going to be going up. I think we're going to hear some, as they say in hockey, chirping on the field from Richard <laughs> Sherman. You have been listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports. We're here each and every week at the same time, plus online, wherever you get your podcasts. You can catch those Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. I'm Michael Barr on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. I'm Evan Novi Williams at Novi underscore Williams. And I'm Scott Soshnick. You can follow me on Twitter at Soshnick. Thank you very much for joining us. Please tune in next week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world.